Welcome to the Tin Lounge. You've stumbled on one of our short episodes called The Mini Bar, where we discuss a current relevant topic pertaining to the travel industry. I'm Teresa, owner of Get Out Custom Travels and creator of Fan With Intention. And I'm Corrine, creator of Travel Biz Boss and co-owner of Journey's Travel Company. We won't let you leave without some headlines, so stay with us until the end for excess baggage. Where do we begin our conversation today? All right, guys, we have to have a little bit of a rant, and we know <laughs> that you're going to feel this. You're going to feel so seen. What, what is going on with all of these little questions that are sucking up all of our time? And the questions are either already included in something we have sent the clients and they just didn't read or something that we simply cannot help with or have any control over. They're not hard. It's not hard to explain or answer a question, but it is taking up all of my time and I'm ready to run through a glass window. And it's not just time, it's energy. Like it's time and energy sucks. And it takes that, it's the moment that you receive a message or a text or whatever it is. And whatever you were doing, you're completely, you know, yeah, you emotionally react to it because you're like, what, why are you asking me this? Um, yeah. People that your clients have asked you where you're like, I don't know, like, I can't control this. Right. Like, why did the United app say that I got two check bags and now it's not saying that? I don't know. Let me talk to my contact at United because I've got an in. I'm not sure. Or yeah. I had a client. It, it was her very, it's her very first time traveling internationally. She's currently on our trip. Doing fine so far. Haven't heard from her. But the day she got to the airport and she's a lady turning 60 this month. First international trip. She gets to the airport. She's had all this information about, you know, checking in the process, you know, all this stuff. And I get a text from her and she said, our bags are overweight. What do we do? And I was in an appointment at that time. So I didn't see her text right away, but I saw that first one and I'm like, oh my gosh, what do, what do you want me to tell you to do? You know, like Mm -hmm. take stuff out. But she said, oh, never mind. We just rearranged some things and everything is fine. But you didn't have to. Text me the first message in the first place. So you didn't have to give me a heart like attack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and then, you know, I've had interesting things lately where people actually somehow arrived early and they're like, the transfer is not here. Well, you're not supposed to be there. Or um, uh, like we, we always have a pre rant rant. So we did all of our cussing before we hit record. <laughs> And talking about clients who just don't read anything until the day before they're leaving. And then you're getting pounded with questions and they never put it all in one email either. It's always Mm -hmm. like one question at a time. And what about this? And what about that? And what about that? And you're like, Mm -hmm. whoa, 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 whoa. Can you send it to me in one long list and then we can address it all at the same time. But um, Heather Christopher, she had told me, that she's like, this is not something that works 100% of the time. But what she'll do is she will send through Travel Joy, um, like a like a form that requires a signature that says, I by signing below, I you know, I it signifies that I have read through all the documents and everything looks fine. 
something along those lines, like more details, of course, but that's the general, that's the general um, feel of what she tries to send to them. And then they'll sign it on the bottom. So it's like an extra layer of, hey, maybe I should read my documents. But then I was thinking, what if I send out the documents, but within the documents, I have something like, if you've read up until here, um, send me an email or text me or whatever instruction I want to give for a $10 Starbucks gift card valid up to two days after you receive or after this This message will self-destruct in 48 hours. <laughs> Something like that. Where it's like, if you've read it this far and you are reading it to detail, email me and I'll give you a $10 Starbucks gift card. I don't know. I feel like that's like my wits end kind of thing to try and make it so people read. I like it. I think that clients would also be amused by it, mm-hmm. perhaps. Um, and then like, I got a 19 page long email today from a client who did not like the way testing was handled in Alaska, sir. It probably wasn't like that the day before or the day after (laughs) and everyone's doing their best. And I certainly don't have any control over how the Mm -hmm. testing works in Alaska. You know, it's just, and I know, I feel like it's because people are super nervous Mm-hmm. And also a lot of people have waited a long time to travel and they, you know, they expect certain things. So that's hard, but like, whoo, man, is it exhausting on our end? We are really earning our money these days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. One of the things that I, I, I've got a group headed to Italy, a big family group. I'm sure they're going to have a wonderful time. They're all going from different originations and meeting mm-hmm. in Charlotte to fly the way over. And I, you know, and I just was telling them, if you go in with, well, I think I said one thing you definitely need to pack is your patience after I told them what to pack in their carry-on. Um, and, you know, going into everything with the right attitude is going to help a lot. You need to remember that there are certain things that are out of our control. Don't panic. It will not help you. I'm mm-hmm. here for you, you know. Yeah. But I still feel like I'm going to be sweating, mm-hmm. sweating the day that they leave. And here's the direct number of who you should call if you have a travel delay, but you know that's not going to happen. I actually said you need to skip right over me and call this number because that's who's going to be able to help you. And I warned them that there's been a trend of counter agents just to get that line moving, telling people call your travel agent that they can't help you. But that isn't true because mm-hmm. once you're checked in, you're in their hands. Right. Um, I mean, I am being about as candid as as you can be. Right, right. But I'm still terrified. And I think that's the overall consensus right now for a lot of travel advisors. So, you know, we're not the only ones in this position. And with travel picking up, which which is great, these are some of the things we are needing to deal with right now. So I'm just thinking to myself. Yeah. Well, I'm just thinking to myself, like, would I rather this or would I rather what was going on in like March of 2020? No. So, and you know, my philosophy of like, instead of I have to say I get to, like, I get to help mm-hmm. this person feel more comfortable traveling. Yeah. I get, you know, that only gets yeah. me so far sometimes. These and are then, Jedi um, mind tricks that we have to do to ourselves. <laughs> and my other saying that I love is if you can't get out of it, get into it. So if I'm getting a question, I have to respond. So I may as well do Mm -hmm. it in the most friendly tone and try to really comfort this person. 
Right. Um, writing something curt or snarky will definitely not get the result that I'm really looking mm-hmm. for in the end. Um, but I say it in my head and then I write yeah. it much, much yeah. more nicely. So, all right. Well, before we jump into our discussion this week, we want to give a shout out to our podcast network, Trav Market Media. Head on over to TravMarketMedia.com where you can find other amazing podcasts to grow and build your business. Our first article, well, (laughs) our first article is from Travel Agent Central, and it's a pretty short one. It just gives a bunch of stats on U.S. travel demand holding strong despite inflation. Uh, The U.S. travel market is holding strong for now despite skyrocketing costs, flight cancellations, and growing recession concerns, according to OAG's latest survey, which was conducted in April and May of 2022 via the flight tracking app FlightView. Uh, The report offers insights on over 1,400 North American travelers who are eager to fly again following two years of COVID lockdowns, protocols, and restrictions. I have to say, um, having been doing this since 1942, just kidding, but uh, I definitely was doing this during the 2008 recession, Mm -hmm. and I've always noticed that like our profession is a great barometer about how people are feeling about the economy because we really feel it directly, but not this time, baby. Uh, these people have been pent up for too long. And so we are really fortunate that this is such a high priority for travelers yeah. Yeah. now because this could have been another big hit to us, but it hasn't mm-hmm. been because people are determined to make it happen. I wonder if it's because they had been practicing so much caution the past two years that mm-hmm. you know, if the pandemic hadn't happened and we were going through uh, an upcoming recession again, I think people are like cautioned out. They're just ready. To, yeah. They're like, you know, we'll deal with it when we get there. Right now, you know, it's time to live life. We're not going to sit on the sidelines anymore. So I think that is playing a role in the continued success in our industry so far. Yep. I like those priorities. It says 27% more people are traveling this summer compared to 2021. Of those traveling, 63% are booking international flights and nearly 60% are planning to visit a destination they haven't visited before. Over 50% are booking two to six months in advance and 11% are booking with lead times of six months or more. Yeah, we definitely know there's a lack of uh, desire to plan ahead right now. Um, everybody wants to go and they want to go now. So it's a little rough, but we're making it happen. Mm -hmm. Um, it says despite rising inflation, respondents said 50 and $100 ticket price increases aren't likely just to discourage them from booking, but they are extremely less likely to book with 200 and 300 plus increases. And once at the airport, flight delays, cancellations, and customer service issues rank among the biggest areas of impact for consumers. Yep. It says that U.S. business travel is also surging. 89% of respondents said they've already traveled for business in 2022, which is up 51% from 2021. Um, according to the research, the top improvements respondents want from online travel agencies and travel apps include better price predictability on when to book. That's magic. And real-time travel <laughs> updates. <laughs> you know, I want better price predictability too. So. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I wish I could figure that puzzle out because yes. I would be a bajillionaire. Um, the survey also shows that 59% of respondents are willing to share their biometric data 
via facial recognition, fingerprint, retina scanning, or otherwise to get through security lines faster, including 56% who are willing to use biometrics to streamline customs and immigration. My thought process for this has been, um, you know, within the grand scheme of things, our lives are pretty short. So if I can mm -hmm. have more convenience right now while I'm still alive, like mm -hmm. go ahead, like what are you gonna do with my biometric data that's going to impact me while I'm still alive? That could be a wrong way of looking at it, but right now I just want convenience. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, I don't have anything to hide, so it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't affect me. But I, I mean, I get that some people are more like yeah. privacy is a really important thing. So now this surprised me. Regarding sustainability, 62% of travelers said sustainability does not impact their travel decision-making. Nearly half of travelers admitted that they would not be willing to pay extra for a more sustainable flight. And that is contrary to a lot of the data that we have seen in other articles about sustainability, but perhaps this is really just super focused on the flights and maybe mm -hmm. people are like a flight is going to be right. a major resource uh, sucker no matter what we, you do. So and, maybe that's not the I priority. Think, I don't think this gives detail into the age range of the people they surveyed mm -hmm. as well as um, like where they sit socioeconomically. Cause I think in our previous articles, they were talking about luxury travelers and how they're willing to pay more for sustainable, sustainable travel. So it could be that area where there's that discrepancy as well. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing was that was with respect to self-connecting flights, although the majority said they have not booked a self-connecting flight within the last six months, 50% said they want OTAs and apps to offer more non-traditional connecting flight options at better prices. Ooh, no. Um, <laughs> we know all of the, when you... When you're booking flight legs separately, if there's an issue and which right now delays mm -hmm. are just out of control, ooh, that's just a recipe for disaster. Nope, nope, nope. All right, our next article <laughs> is from Travel Age West, um, and it is six tips for better cybersecurity while traveling. And they ask, when was the last time you thought about cybersecurity while traveling? I liked this article because I felt like this is some good um, social media or newsletter mm -hmm. content, right? Yeah. And as travel advisors, too, these are things that we should already be thinking about, especially if you're planning on working while you're traveling or taking payments and things like that. It's so important to make sure that your devices are fully secure. And mm -hmm. I agree. This is a great social media post to share um, for your clients. I think you could make several. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it says cybersecurity firm NordVPN estimates that one in four travelers have been hacked when using public Wi-Fi networks while traveling internationally. That frightening statistic means that many travelers are not protecting themselves online while away from home and are putting themselves at risk. And I know that when traveling with my family and my mom is listening, they always just connect to the public Wi-Fi. And um, I have to put security on their phones because I think a lot of the older folks too who are not familiar with public Wi-Fi, ways things can get hacked, 
they just trust the public Wi-Fi that's available and they see that as yeah. like an amazing amenity that they don't have to worry about. So convenient. Yeah, it's so convenient. Um, so this is something, especially if you have older clients, and I think I'm going to do an email marketing campaign on this too, on cybersecurity and how to protect yourself um, on your devices. So um, the first tip in this article is secure devices before leaving home. The FCC recommends that travelers secure any personal devices that they will be traveling with before they leave home. This includes backing up electronic files, removing or securing any sensitive data from devices, such as name, address, date of birth, and social security number, setting up strong passwords, and installing or updating antivirus software on laptops. And I have, right. I, I use Norton for my business, and I know I can have up to 10 devices under one account. So phones, laptops, desktop, so many, so yeah. many different devices can be on there. Yep. And the second tip is be wary of public Wi-Fi connections, man in the middle attacks and evil twins. So there's some jargon I'm not familiar with. Um, <laughs> according to Daniel Markison, a cybersecurity expert at NordVPN, public Wi-Fi connections, including those at airports, train or bus stations, hotels, cafes, and more, pose a major risk to travelers. This is because hackers can connect to legitimate public Wi-Fi networks in order to place their device between the user's device and the Wi-Fi network. This is called a man-in-the-middle attack. Well, there it is. Uh, then snoop on the person's online activity. This could allow them to steal passwords, credit card details, private emails, and other person, uh, personal information. They can also set up wi uh, fake Wi-Fi spots called evil twins, there we go, that look like legitimate Wi-Fi networks but actually collect a user's personal data for the hacker. Um, he says travelers are particularly susceptible to this type of attack because they usually don't know the legitimate Wi-Fi networks of the places they're visiting. And he notes that the names of fake Wi-Fi spots might look like or might look legitimate with generic names such as guest Wi-Fi or free hotel Wi-Fi. For this reason, Markison recommends that travelers ask a staff member to give them the exact name and password of the uh, hotel or whatever the connection is to help them avoid them connecting to an evil twin network. And remember, hotel Wi-Fi networks may seem safer than other options, but they are often public and therefore are still unsecure. So in the Man in the Middle attack, I remember seeing this um, episode of... One of those like primetime news things, like not Dateline, but something similar where they um, were in a cafe with public Wi-Fi and they had one guy in there who was a hacker, but he was part of this study, I guess, or um, this experiment. So he'll sit there and he was able to hack so many different people's laptop. And what he would do, I remember he almost got beat up by this one guy because this one guy was sending an email or something to his daughter or something along those lines. And so the hacker went up to the guy and this is, you know, just letting people know you should really be wary of signing into public Wi-Fi without any kind of protection. He went up to the guy, he's like, Hey, how's your daughter? So-and-so doing, I see that you were, I see that you were emailing this and this and this. And the guy got so upset because he thought he was like a true bad guy who was, you know, trying to commit some kind of crime, but it just shows uh. you that they can hack into your laptop and look at everything you're doing. So if you're making a purchase on public Wi-Fi, you're entering in your credit card number, whoever is hacking into there as man in the middle can see 
all your payment information that you're putting into that purchase. So super important to protect yourself on public Wi-Fi. And the evil twin one, it always cracks me up when I go to these public places like an airport or like a hotel or, or a cafe where I already know what the main Wi-Fi is to connect to, but then you can see all the other ones that are trying to be fake. And we see this a lot mm-hmm. traveling and it's like, it could be, let's just say it's like ABC cafe. And then there might be ABC dot cafe. And that one dot, even though it's almost similar in name, that's the evil twin. That's the evil twin Wi-Fi. So a lot of things to be wary of when you are traveling, going someplace with public Wi-Fi. Well, thanks to tip number three, I guess I'm usually safe. I'll let you take mm-hmm. that away. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Install a VPN, a virtual private network, which is a service that protects a user's internet connection, thereby guarding their privacy online. VPNs work on both computers and mobile devices. According to Markison, a VPN creates an encrypted tunnel for your data protecting your online identity by hiding your IP address and allowing you to use public Wi-Fi hotspots safely. Connecting to a VPN before using any public Wi-Fi network is an easy way to prevent mid-in-the-middle attacks, though NordVPN research indicates that more than 78% of people do not use a VPN while traveling. Well, they're really inexpensive. Yes. And I, to be fair, I didn't. I never had one until we moved to Mexico. Mm-hmm. And I got it so that I can watch my Netflix and my Hulu <laughs> <laughs> and everything else. Yeah. Um, but now that I've had it and I've looked into how much it does for you, and it's like mm-hmm. a dollar something a month, I think, and I can have unlimited devices. So, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely very small investment, especially for us since we travel so much professionally right. and, and we are often processing clients' payments exactly. and things while we're exactly. on the run. Yeah, I get my VPN through the antivirus software that I use. So it's just one app that's connected. And so usually what happens is um, if I connect to a public Wi-Fi hotspot, I'll just turn on my VPN on my phone or on my laptop. And so then you can choose, at least for mine, choose where you want the IP address to be located. And I usually choose a place in the U.S., but um, you have options to be located in other countries if you wish. I don't know the pros and cons of that, but... I always choose them in the U.S. Yeah. And uh, another thing that I do, well, number one, if you use something like a Skyroam or whatever, then that's Mm -hmm. your private network. That's much safer. And then I've been using Aralo, which is an eSIM, because my phone accommodates an eSIM, and that's just like data. I just buy how much I need. And Mm -hmm. right now I'm using a global one, but you can get them regionally, and that way, and it's a hot, I can use it as a hotspot for my computer as well. So that's my own private network, no matter where I am. And how do you spell but, Aralo for people who might be interested? A-I-R-A-L-O. Aralo, yeah. And it's been great. It's, if you remember in Croatia, like I had connection everywhere mm-hmm. because it taps into whatever the local cell network is. And as a matter of fact, it works better in my house than my cell network does. So if, um, if we're having trouble, I'll just turn that on because you can have where it'll just choose whichever network is stronger. That's always the stronger mm-hmm. one. So 
Anywho, uh, tip number four is be vigilant about your surroundings. The FCC advises that travelers keep a close eye on their surroundings when using devices in public spaces, such as airports, hotels, restaurants. Make sure nobody is spying on any screens while electronics are in use and consider using a privacy screen on laptops so it's harder for others to see on-screen information and activity. That makes me laugh because there was a time when everything was a privacy screen. You could only see the screen if you were looking directly at it, and now you have to buy something extra to make it like that. Mm. Um, tip number five, use extra caution while connected. While using public Wi-Fi, the FCC recommends that travelers avoid making online purchases or accessing bank accounts. Travelers like to make reservations on the go, which is convenient, especially if you have a lot of free time before catching your flight. However, this makes your data more vulnerable. It's also a good idea to disable automatic connections on devices to avoid accidentally connecting to a public network. This gives users more control over when and where they connect to the internet. And that's why it's so important to have something in place to protect yourself from getting hacked or to protect yourself from someone trying to look at your screen. Yeah, that's something that I keep in mind. If I ever need to access like my bank app or something while I'm traveling abroad, like do I have my VPN in place or am I on a private connection? So yeah. things. I think mean, the about. easy answer is just to get a VPN and turn it on, mm -hmm. and then connect to whatever network you want and feel safe about it. Yeah. And the last tip is just change passwords post travel, since electronics used abroad run the risk of being compromised. They advise um, updating security software and changing passwords on all devices once you get back home. It's easy enough. Whew. I bet if this article was written like 20 years ago, I would be like, what? What is this? Yeah, I'm thinking now maybe I need to also do a little email marketing and social media stuff from that yeah. article. That's some good yeah, juicy for stuff. for sure. Our last article is from Travel Market Report, and it talks about the seven reasons why Iceland is a must-see destination to book now and into 2023. And this article um, is sponsored by Explore Journeys. Um, have you been to Iceland? Corinne? Not yet. I had plans to in 2019, and then an opportunity came up and I had to switch directions, but mm -hmm. I'm very motivated to go for sure. Yeah, and I think more and more flights now are leaving from the East Coast, so it makes it a bit more convenient to go. I know it's been a popular destination for some of my clients as well, um, but it, I would say Iceland Air, they have done a great job with their marketing campaign with the tourism board because I, what year was it? Was it like 2017 or 2016 or maybe in 2015 where Iceland just was on everyone's bucket list and I thought it like came out from nowhere it wasn't like you gradually want to see Iceland it was all of a sudden like boom everyone went to Iceland mm -hmm. and this article gives seven I'm sure there are more than seven reasons why people are going to go see Iceland the first one obviously the natural wonders are spectacular and they're everywhere uh, this visually stunning land of fire and ice was formed by glaciers and volcanoes over millions of years and here, visitors can see and explore vast areas of untouched wilderness, including massive glaciers and wandering icebergs, geysers, volcanoes, lava fields, mountains, hot springs, basically super wild, still very undeveloped. And I think they're going to keep it that way. And when you go there, I was there, I think December of 2016, 
I wanted to see the Northern Lights. And that's why I went during the winter time. And I think my experience, I always um, share that experience when I tell people it's not a guarantee in terms of weather mm -hmm. and in terms of like Northern Lights, because when Jay and I were there in 2016, in December, it was the warmest winter in like 50 years. It oh, wow. rained almost every day, like sideways rain almost every day with like a few respite here and there. We never saw the Northern Lights, but we still had a really great time because the scenery was just so amazing. It was, you know, I don't think you can have a bad time there. It'll just be a completely different experience <laughs> when you're yeah. going. And don't forget about the whales and puffins. Oh, yes. The whales and puffins. Um, so the second reason is, this is funny, it's one of the best places in the world to see the magical Northern Lights. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a hit or miss. Um, but usually when I book clients to Iceland, depending on how many days they have there, I try to do the Northern Lights towards the beginning just mm -hmm. in case they miss it, they can have the opportunity to reschedule depending on availability yeah. for the rest of their trip. So that's one thing that I, depending on what they would like to see in Iceland, that's something that I do for my clients. Yeah. I mean, we just always have to prepare them. It's mother nature. Mm -hmm. um, the third tip is, or thing to see is Iceland's geothermal hot springs that heal and rejuvenate. Uh, Blue Lagoon, I think is the most popular one. And from, I've watched a lot of different like YouTubers and stuff go and everyone says it really is the best and nothing else is quite as good, but, um, soaking in the healing geothermal hot springs while gazing at the captivating beauty of the landscape is a regular ritual for Icelanders. And it's one they're happy to share with visitors. The Blue Lagoon maintains a temperature of 98 to 102 degrees year-round and offers spectacular views of snow-covered lava rocks in every direction. It's one of the most popular spots for soaking, and it happens to be located close to the main Keflavik airport. Um, just remember, there are also other mineral-rich healing waters all around the island. So in terms of Blue Lagoon, a lot of people don't know this because they think it's natural the water in Blue Lagoon is actually water from a nearby plant. Like, I don't remember oh. what the plant is for, but that's where the warm water comes from. So it's not natural. It's a man-made lagoon. But I people just go there. Yeah, people just go there because it's in the photos. Influencers go there. There's a hotel there now. I'm not going to deny that it is a fun experience, even though it's super touristy. But most Icelanders will not go to Blue Lagoon. They kind of see the owners of Blue Lagoon as people who are like exploiting, oh. um, exploiting the land and all this stuff. But there are other natural hot spring places to visit around the island. And so a lot of times you'll find tours that combine things like snowmobiling, ice cave and like hot springs or mm -hmm. something. So there are more natural ones out there. You just have to make sure you know what it is your clients want. Some clients don't care. They just want the photo. They yeah. just want to go to Blue Lagoon. But some clients are like, no, I want something more authentic. So that's something to keep in mind as well for that. And if people want to do Blue Lagoon, a lot of times um, flights into Keflavik will arrive like around six or seven in the morning um, for the overnight flight. But people will get picked up at the airport by a transfer that will include a drop-off at Blue Lagoon. And Blue Lagoon, they have these lockers where you can store your luggage. So people can, the first thing they do after the, their flight, 
relax at the hot springs at Blue Lagoon. Well, that's not and a bad then, idea. Yeah. And then you'll get picked up and dropped off at your hotel. So that's like one full experience that you can book. It's something that people normally do. So it's not like you have to request anything special to have that drop off at Blue Lagoon. Or some people do it on the way out, like on their way back home. So on their way from their hotel back to the airport, they stop at Blue Lagoon. But my anxiety won't allow that to happen. I want to get to the hotel in time (laughs) or the airport in time. (laughs) Considering I just fell asleep in the lobby of our Amsterdam hotel when we arrived, I think that would be, (laughs) this would be more fun. (laughs) Um, Um, Oh, you want to do the fourth one or do you want me to do it? I'll do it. Okay. The fourth is that the island is small, but impressively diverse. Um, Iceland is a bucket list destination for many travelers because of its uniqueness and diversity of climate, culture, and geography. Um, I mean, we've listed off all the unique features, volcanoes, lava fields, geysers, hot springs, glaciers, um, puffins, puffins, whales, (laughs) and the city of Reykjavik in Mm -hmm. one destination. And of course, you're not going to find like crazy skyscrapers here, but a lot of these are accessible, even if you make Reykjavik your home base. So Mm -hmm. if you're spending like five days in Iceland, you can make Reykjavik your home base and then do day trips out from the capital, or you can do Reykjavik for a few nights, then do like a multi-day tour that takes you deeper into Iceland. Um, so, so many things to see in such a short period of time. And it's not like you're overexerting yourself because the island is so small. Yeah. Um, and the diversification of Iceland has to do with the types of people who visit. People all around the world go to Iceland to see the natural wonders there. So you're not going to find a lack of um, different kinds of people to talk to. Mm-hmm. It also says Iceland is known for its social diversity, particularly in being a front runner for gender equality, something that is especially important to many travelers during these political charge times that we live in. Yep. I had the best experience, I think, traveling in Iceland. Like as as women who travel, I feel like sometimes we get a lot of unwanted attention or we just feel scared or nervous. I did not feel that in Iceland at all. Like there wasn't a time where I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to be careful because I feel like someone's following me or anything like that. Very civilized. I noticed they left off something of this list, which is that the movie um, Eurovision was in there. And (laughs) (laughs) yeah, yeah. Ding dong. (laughs) It's available on Netflix guys. If you want to get an idea what Iceland is like. It's a delight. Will Ferrell. (laughs) Yes. Um, number five says Reykjavik doesn't disappoint amidst all the wilderness adventures of Iceland sits the cool, colorful and cutting edge cosmopolitan city of Reykjavik among, among its attractions are art galleries, museums, all types of dining, a lively nightlife, concerts, sightseeing, shopping, and even more parks and soaking pools. Perhaps best of all, it is easy to navigate and is a walkable city. A hundred percent. Yes to all of that. And the food there was amazing. I had the best focaccia bread I've ever had in my life in Reykjavik. Did it cost $742? I don't remember. I think I blacked out the cost from my (laughs) mind, (laughs) but it was so good. I want a boiled Um, egg that they boil in one of those little natural yeah, <laughs> and they also bake bread in there. They have oh, they yeah, bake bread yes. in, in the egg, yeah, and cook an egg. Um, the sixth reason, this island nation is a safe haven in a challenging world. 
Iceland was named the most peaceful country in the world by the Global Peace Safety Index, and it has held that position since 2008. That's Love a long it. time. Uh-huh. The study tracks factors like crime rate, political conflict, levels of militarization, natural disasters, and health risks. The people are also friendly and welcoming with open arms to visitors. And that is 100% true. They are so welcoming. Love it. All right. And last but not least, Iceland is easy to get to only five hours direct from New York airports. Once you set foot in Iceland, it feels like you've traveled to a place far and away, but it's a surprisingly short journey for Americans and Europeans. In fact, direct flights from New York airports only take about five hours. And the time difference is just four hours from Eastern Standard Time. Are we ready for some excess baggage? Yes, I'm so ready. All right, I'm gonna do my best. Might have to take a cough break, but we'll we'll see how it goes here. It's time for excess baggage, which is a speed round of headlines that are pretty self-explanatory, so you can learn a lot in just a couple of minutes. According to Travel Market Report, Globus family of brands will sunset monograms and introduce independence by Globus Tours. They also report that ASTA will hold its 2023 convention in Puerto Rico and move it from late August to early May. An article from Travel Pulse says that Chile is easing COVID-19 entry requirements. While travelers no longer need to be fully vaccinated to enter the country, they're still subject to random rapid testing at entry points. Another one from them says that Fairmont Hotels and Resorts has launched a global partnership with Make-A-Wish called Wishes Start Here, committing to helping complete 500 children's wishes over the next three years and donating 1 million euros to the foundation. Travel Agent Central reports that Jamaica is creating a new zone for high-end tourism stretching from Oracabesa to Port Antonio along the island's northern coast. The Revere Zone will allow only low-density development. They also report that ANK Travel Group Limited has acquired the luxury cruise vessels Crystal Serenity and Crystal Symphony. The two ships will resume service in 2023 after undergoing extensive refurbishment and will operate under the Crystal Cruises brand that has also been acquired by ANK Travel Group Limited. According to Travel Weekly, Barcelona is limiting tour group sizes. Tour groups are no longer allowed to exceed 30 people on tours conducted in Barcelona's city center, known as District 1 where tourist density levels are the highest. They also report that because the airport has been unable to keep pace with the recovery of air travel, London Heathrow is capping the number of passengers at the airport this summer at 100,000 per day. And our high note today is also from Travel Weekly with the headline, airfares dropped slightly in June. <laughs> and that's it for <laughs> excess baggage. Define slightly. 0.2%. Um, <laughs> Okay, okay. <laughs> Speaking about Make a Wish, did you did you know that John Cena has granted the most wishes of any celebrity? I'm not surprised. Six hundred and fifty wishes. I and don't he's want the to number love him, one, but I do. He's the number one celebrity that is requested by children in Make a Wish. I, that, that was mind blowing to me to, to know that. <laughs> and he lives down here in Tampa or he has a home here. All right. <laughs> Just a reminder that all the articles we've referenced today can be found in the show notes. Please remember that we didn't write the news. We're just sharing it. If you've enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, leave a review and or share the show. Also head on over to our Facebook and Instagram pages, which are both under the Tin Lounge. We'll link them in the show notes. 
have any questions, comments, or just want to say hello, please shoot us a DM or email us at hello at the tinlounge.com. We'll see you all next week. Bye.